go. We'll start right now. Welcome everybody to the ground beneath grace. My name is Jonathan Thomas. I'm Joey Walter. And I'd like to say that together we make something funny, some name like that. I have no idea, but uh, Joey O. Could I say that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it could be it could be Johnny. Oh, let's not do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not bring middle names into uh, I I remember one time talking to a fella and he's he uh just a young guy and uh, he's like your name you know Jonathan yeah I said you can call me Jono I said just really the only thing you know just don't call me Johnny that guy called me Johnny from that day forward I don't know if he just misheard me wrong and <laughs> said that but uh please don't call yeah. me Johnny yeah they're um you know, for me, like growing up, my dad was, were both Joseph. Uh-huh. I've always been Joey and my dad was Joe. And so people would call me Joe or Joe Jr. For some reason, I always thought that was kind of disrespectful to him. I'm like, I don't care, but don't make him mad. <laughs> um, but right. you know, not like he would beat me or anything, but I don't know. It just seemed <laughs> like it would be. I just found that kind of be funny. I don't know. Well, it's uh, funny. So now we'll probably get a bunch of people saying, oh, Johnny podcasting or something like that. I hope not. So uh, I'll stick with Jono. There's the welcome. All right. Well, maybe we'll shorten that out a little bit. At least it's not John Boy. That's true. Good night, John Boy. Yeah. Good night, Mary Ellen. Yep. Well, we are not here to talk about names. We're here to bring you a part two of Christian Cliches. We're here to talk about things that tick Joey off. (laughs) We had so much fun and our listeners enjoyed it so much. We can make a plural now on that. Our listeners uh, listened uh, and uh, got some good feedback from them. And there are so many Christian cliches. There are so many of them. Uh, And I guess you could say dumb things Christians say. But I don't want to get in trouble. People will call me more than just Johnny. They'll call me a heretic or something like that. And again, I, I do have to say that we I did, you know, take a look to try to do a little bit of research, find out some of these cliches and certain things. And I did come across an article that somebody had written on some that probably I don't I think maybe one we'll discuss tonight. But I was reading through the comments, right? I want to kind of go along and see what people were saying. And someone was like, just one more armchair mouth against you know, Christians going out there and being, you know, speaking and telling the good news. And, and you guys are just bringing fear into all of this so that nobody opens their mouth and says anything. Now, maybe it wasn't in that tone, but that's how I read it was in that tone. One armchair person, you know, bringing about fear on things that people are going to say. And, but you know what? Um, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So (laughs) I think these Christian cliches, we so many times, I think we want to, we authentically mean like, oh, this is going to be great. Um, but a lot of these things, as I'm looking at this, they really come before you even listen to the person who you might even be sharing this with to really mm-hmm. kind of hear where they are. And one of the things, at least at the church that you know I'm a part of at Pacific Crest Church, one of the things that we really value is one, uh, do I know their name? It's something that we count as far as things count a measurable in our in our, our our system. And two, do they know my name? And three, have they told me a part of their story? Something, you know, that is a little bit deeper than normal. That's super important because that comes before, have I been able to tell a little bit of my story? And then from there, you know, we have something more to experience together. I I think that's a good place to start. Too many times Christian cliches start before sometimes you even know a person's name or you know any part of their story. And that's why I think they get us in trouble. I think that's why um, it's good to talk about these. I think it's good to say, if this is the first thing out of your mouth, you might want to rethink that. So, um, so I guess I'll start. Uh, I think this is a great, uh, it's well-intended. Again, it's well-intended. I have been a part of this um, in my life personally. I learned it from someone in, you know, close to me. And it is this, it is, uh, 
you should come to church with me on Sunday. And now, believe me, I'm not saying that we shouldn't invite anybody ever to church, but too many times, it, if that's the first thing that, that we say in an encounter with someone, um, what's their background? Maybe they have gone to church or it's just a quite a judgment statement of thinking that if I could just get them into a building, that somehow that's going to fix all of their problems. And, uh, you know, hey, you should just come to this location and then this is going to solve your problems. And I really, I got to tell you, I recently, you know, had visited a church and I was, my senses were really heightened that I was a visitor at this church. And they said, if you are in this building, you know, if you are here at this church, you are family. But it was like I was at Thanksgiving dinner at a family's house that I really didn't know. And they had a lot of customs and things and rituals and such that uh, I definitely, I was not a part of the family. I was there, you know, in a family for, for sure. But just going to church, that really doesn't solve everything. And so what are your thoughts on that? Have you ever had anybody say you should come to church with me on Sunday? Or have you ever said that? Uh, totally. I, you know, I don't know. Well, <laughs> actually, when we were talking last time we on part one of things that make Joey mad um, <laughs> about Christians <laughs> is, um, yeah, I invited a friend of mine to church when I was when we were teenagers or shortly after. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of that thing, but it was, you know, I, for me, this saying is, it's like, you're doing it wrong, but our church is doing it right. And so you need mm. to come to our church because, you know, oh, you don't like pumpkin pie. Well, you've never had my pumpkin pie. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, right. I do it right. Well, it still may not, maybe I just don't like pumpkin pie. I do like pumpkin pie. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> uh, my wife and I disagree between real pumpkin and canned pumpkin, but okay. anyway, um, that's another podcast, that is another uh, podcast. which is the correct, <laughs> uh, which is the correct pumpkin pie to eat. Who's correct? Joey Who or his is, wife? Who is, well, <laughs> she will not be a guest speaker. So okay. <laughs> anyway, it goes without saying. Um, so yeah, to me, it's, it's again, uh, you know, on the theme of condescending things uh, that Christians say, yeah, you're doing it wrong. Our church is doing it right. And it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about last time when you were at this church and it's that artificial canned let's greet someone, you know, say hi to the neighbor next to you. And it, to me, it just, it never goes right. It's, um, so yeah, so I get that. I totally understand what you're saying there. Um, and I agree. It's, it's, again, it's just, to me, it's a condescending thing that we, um, we say, uh, yeah, you should come to church with me because, you know, you're a sinner and we don't sin in our church or, um, you know, I've got a family member that, Hey, you should listen to, um, so-and-so, uh, on YouTube or something or, you know, or whatever, um, or read this book. It's going to change your life. Right. Right. I, you know, and what this brings up into my mind, at least is when we look at the Bible and if there are are letters that are read. Those are the words of Jesus, right? You know, that's, that's helpful. And, um, obviously they, they weren't, they didn't come in red. <laughs> we have that sort of as a help, but you look at the story of Jesus and he would say, come follow me. He says yeah. that quite a bit, come follow me. But most of the time, I believe if you take a look at that, Jesus ends up where they are sitting with them in their place having dinner or such with them. I mean, example in Matthew chapter nine, he says to Matthew, come follow me. This is the author of this book telling the story of when Jesus says, follow me. And then, so he gets up and he follows Jesus. And then the very next verse sentence is while they were at Matthew's house, eating and drinking with sinners and tax collectors and all the riffraff, you know, then they get drilled by the religious leaders there. So for me, I think, you know, and again, as you say, 
there's something that's a little bit condescending about this and we should really, I, I don't think be afraid to say, hey, you know, follow me. But if we're going to say something like that, we really need to be willing to follow them where they are and risk that. It's always more comfortable and, and in a familiar place. You know, so you're inviting somebody in your house. Well, guess what? I think we've talked about this before. It's easier for you, for, for me, to have you and your family at my house because I know what the rules are. But you, with you know, little kids, you're like, okay, whatever our rules are, they apply. Whatever their rules are, they apply. They're double, you know, don't, don't touch anything. Sit, you know, you get a little nervous, right? Right. You know, we brought our kids into the house. We're just going to keep these little kitty handcuffs on them so that they don't touch or break anything, you know, in this <laughs> pristine museum of yours, you know, or something like that. It's just, we don't know that we're not familiar with it. So I'd say, uh, if we, if that's, if this is in your book of things to say, I would park it for a bit and I would say, um, you know, can I, can I sup with you? Can I come share a meal with you? Would you like to to have dinner and then we take the risk of being the guest and relying on their hospitality instead of asking them to be the guest. I, that's, that's mm -hmm. just my take on this. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Go for it. What do you, Oh, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, this next one, I think um, we, we kind of touched on last time, but I'm just, we're going to, it, it, it slid into I think one of the other topics that uh, we covered, but this one is the Lord never gives you or someone more than they can handle. Right. Have you heard that before? Yeah. yeah I think we, I think we talked a little bit about that last time. Yeah. I mean, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Last time I shared first. So you, you go ahead. No, no, I, I, I started. You go ahead. Please, Johnny, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is this is absolutely false. And I think it's taken from it's out of the context of Scripture where it says the Lord will not give you more um, than you in, in tempt temptations uh, more than you're able to bear that you will be able to flee from temptation. Um, there's a difference between being tempted and then stuff in life beyond bearing. OK, Um if I have a problem with stealing, you know, God is going to say, Hey, I'm not going to make you work in a bank. I don't know. He's probably not going to do that, but he's going to give me something that even in that temptation, I have through him the ability to even flee that and to run away from it. That's what we're talking about here. But bearing something that, um, you know, what if a person is you know, tortured or raped, you know, the, a young lady would come along and, you know, oh, you know what, you, you, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. So that rape is, you know, you really ought to handle that. I mean, is that, yeah, you're just going to have to get over it. You're going to have yeah. to get over it. And that is absolutely, absolutely not appropriate at all for anybody right. to say. Um, it's just not true. Absolutely. It's not true. Right. Yeah, I think um, I think that uh, kind of goes along with. I don't think you had this on your list. Number twenty six on mine. That if you have enough faith, blank will happen or X will happen. Uh -huh. uh, not necessarily. I mean, you know, kind of like we said, we've been saying, um, you know, bad things happen to good people, and um, you know, I really hate like you were mentioning you know, um, rape. I, I really hate, you know, that things are blamed on, um, the victim, you know, victim, sh victim shaming or victim blaming, however mm -hmm. you want to say it. Um, yeah. I just, it just blows my mind that people would be that just that big a jerk. I mean, that, <laughs> uh, that insensitive that, <clears throat> you know, well, you know, you, shouldn't have done this or your faith should have been stronger or uh, what? I mean, that has, <laughs> I mean, absolutely nothing to do with, you know, what happened. And I, I just, I just hate that. Well, you know, <clears throat> you didn't, you didn't get that job or you lost your job or whatever, because your faith was not strong. Yeah. I just totally, totally. Again, we're, you know, we're talking about pushing people away and that is a prime prime way to do it. I think is, 
is to say something like that or treat people like that. Okay. So what happens when, you know, I mean, when you lose a family member, um, is it, was that because my faith was not strong enough? No. Uh, right. You, you know, like when my dad died, I thought, I thought I was ready. You're not, you're not ever ready. Um, so was because I was hurting so much. I mean, was that because my faith wasn't strong? No. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm just getting off on a rant, but again, things that make Joey mad about Christians. Um, yeah, this is, this is kind of one of them that, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I, again, um, I would think that God does give us more than we can handle because in the whole sense of the, the, the story of our faith is, is that God shows himself in his power in, you know, our weakness. Paul says, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm weak and I'm going to be weak so that, you know, God is made strong. Um, he boasts in those types of things when he talks about his weakness so that God's glory and his power be great. Um, I can't handle stuff, especially hard things without God. And, um, so it, it's just a completely misunderstanding. God will never give you more than you can handle. Uh, it's just an ugly type statement. Um, again, we get through some of the most challenging things because of God, but truthfully, we can't handle it. I can't. And watching my, my mom, uh, go through, um, the story of my sister and her accident, you know, we've talked a little bit about that, you know, she wasn't handling that very well, but she did have God, but it still was a real struggle. And, you know, so thankfully, you know, faithfully, um, that steadfastness of that story lived out, uh, and experienced through relationship with God. Um, God is the, the glory of that story. It wasn't because he was like, well, you can handle this. So I'm going to let your, your youngest daughter be in a car accident and then mentally and physically handicapped for the rest of her life. Oh, and then I did that to a 15 year old girl because she could handle that. I wouldn't give her any more than she could handle. So she's going to grow up for the rest of her life mentally and physically handicapped. It's just really bad theology uh, at the onset. And there's definitely a lot of scripture that talk about um, things, uh, people who um, have wrestled and struggled through that. Um, Yeah. So if you've got that one uh, in your wheelhouse, uh, throw it out. It's not scriptural. Yeah, you know, I was going to say too when you're talking about you know things that you could or couldn't handle, like um, when my dad was uh, in the nursing home. I initially I was okay, but as as it progressed, his disease progressed, and he got worse and worse. And where he got to where he couldn't scratch his nose, where he couldn't move, where he didn't know who I was, I could not handle that. One hundred percent. You know, it's not something that I prayed specifically for, like the strength to right. go see him more. Um, but yeah, like emotionally, I couldn't. I was a wreck. I could not, you know, it was just, and obviously you don't know my dad. Nobody listening probably knew my dad, but um, just physically a very, very strong guy, uh, emotionally even stronger. And to see someone who, you know, he would look at you and then he'd look away and then he'd look at you. And he was like, he was trying to figure out who is this person? Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't take it. Um, you know, one time we went and he was very late stage. Um, and like my wife and daughter went with me and he started crying. And then like, we're all crying and he can't communicate. He's, and he's not, I I saw the guy cry one time in my life. And so, I mean, is, is something there where he realizes who I am and he can't say it 
or is, is it just a reflex? You know, I, yeah. So, um, and you know, kind of, you can, we can get into the whole thing too of who's that punishing, right. <laughs> you know, is that punishing him? Is it punishing me? Is it punishing us? Right. But, um, anyway, yeah, I still, yeah. I just, you know, and, and if someone would have, you know, have come up to, you know what, like we've, t- we talked about in the past with, with Jesse and uh, my brother, both, uh, committing suicide. I mean, would that have helped them? I mean, if it was five minutes before they did it and, and someone came up and said, you know what, God, uh, will never give you something that you can't handle. Your faith just isn't strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we wouldn't do that. And again, um, it, it, this is going off of like this misinterpreted scripture from first Corinthians. So if somebody wants to look this up, you know, you can find it, you know, truly at first Corinthians, uh, 10, 13 says no temptation has overtaken you, but such as a common to man and God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will provide a way of escape also that you will be able to endure it again that's completely different conversation. And even in the context here, then more than you can handle. Totally. Tem- temptation there is, is, a, is taken out of context. I believe. Yes, exactly. So um, yeah, definitely, you know, take a look, search the scriptures. And again, we can take things that we think the Bible says and, and manipulate one or two words and it completely throws it off. And, um, or it's not even there. And I think the next two things that I want to, kind of talk about are based off of those. Um, the next one is the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Um, if, if there's ever, ever a conversation killer, (laughs) it's just like, well, okay. You don't want to hear anything that I have to say about this. And you're, you're making, um, a biblical or a, I'll say a Christianese, you know, that's speaking in some language of antiquity that, that, well, that you've made up, um, that just basically that statement says, just shut up. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't yeah. care. You don't care. You don't care. Just shut up. And that's the way it's going to go. Um, it, if somebody makes this statement, I'm trying to think of, there are probably a handful of people that if they made this statement, I'd go, Oh yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis would be one of those. Um, maybe Eugene Peterson. Uh, N.T. Wright is an amazing scholar. I would listen to those guys, right? Um, these these are brilliant theologians. And yet, <laughs> I've heard some people like me, pretty common folk, who make these statements, and it just means I don't want to listen to you. Yeah, I, th- I think again, this is this is kind of saying my way is the right way. I'm right, you're wrong. This is how I interpret it, so I'm right, and that's it. Uh, I think with our culture today, I mean, I know it's been that way for a while, but especially today, it seems like um, this is what I believe. I'm right, almost going along with the cancel culture because I think you're wrong. You're wrong, and you can't do what you want to do or say or whatever. Um, yeah, so I kind of think that kind of goes along with, you know, come to our church where we're doing it right. You're obviously doing it wrong. Um, I was listening to, I've been doing some research, you know, obviously we talked about um, trying to find a church here and there was, uh, uh, YouTube is a really good thing when you're researching churches. Um, <laughs> Facebook, not so much because they don't usually have sermons on there, but YouTube they do. Um, and this minister was talking and um, apparently this guy was, um, I think he was, I guess he was more of a, excuse me, he settled here, but he was in a big city and he was talking about on this, in this big city, there was two churches on the same street on opposite sides of the street and they both had Bible in their uh, whatever Bible church. Mm-hmm. He goes, so if you go to this church, they're going to say, well, we're doing it right because we're a Bible church. And well, this church is going to say the same thing. So you're, so why are you both, if you're both Bible churches, why is there a need for two churches? 
you know, to me, it made a point. I mean, that we want to interpret what I think we want to interpret scripture the way it benefits us the most and is least painful to us. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, like I said, we've said this before, I've said this before, you know, well, I do this, but I don't do that. So my sin is less than your sin or what I'm doing is better than this because this is how I manipulate or interpret scripture yeah. for my benefit. And so I kind of think when you say, or when people say things like that, we're kind of getting into that slope of, of, you know, putting others down and um, making ourselves to be the the better person. Yeah, it, it is kind of a put down and um, does put us up on a shelf, I guess. Um, like we're a, a spiritual authority. And again, we have to be really careful about that. Uh, Jesus says to Peter, when he makes the confession that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus says, this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. That's always got, you know, that's stuck with me, right? It, it means pretty much in the scheme of it all, like we, we should be very careful on like the position we take to think that we are the ones bringing revelation of who Christ is. It's God revealing. I believe through his Holy spirit, we get to live this out and show something significant worth observing because we're doing the things that we believe Jesus has called us to. But uh, I think it was author Christian uh, songwriter, Rich Mullen said, um, you know, if, if God um, scripture means anything, um, scripture is not written Okay. <laughs> Scripture is not written so that, um, that, uh, for us, um, to prove how right we are, if anything, scripture has been written to prove how right God is and that the rest of us are just guessing. And so I think that that is kind of an important observation is many times we are guessing and and we should be very careful and I think very honest I mean even when we're talking to people that we 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 believe this is what it says but we also really need to be listening to someone else and say how do you hear it um what what did jumps out at you in this this is something that we do at, at Pacific Crest Church called the Lectio Divina which is the, the dwelling in God's word. And so we read God's word and we listen to something that maybe jumps out to us. We read it a few times. And then we ask the neighbor next to us, what, what did you hear? What jumped out at you? And then that person shares and then we get a chance to share. And then upon that, it's not so much that I am able to tell you what it is I thought, in the Lectio Divina, it's about that I heard from you what God was saying to you. And so I think that's important. It's not just me saying the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. I think we need to be listening to others because God is revealing himself to others. And so what what do we hear from them? Um, again, not everyone is qualified, I think, to <laughs> interpret scripture. I've seen a lot of misuse of scripture. So we should be very cautious. If somebody says, Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Those are, those are folks we should probably run from um, because they're not going to listen anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm, that's a good point. I think, you know, again, I think that's when, we, <clears throat> when we do the things like that, when you listen to other people interpret scripture, it's, it, you know, I like to see the other viewpoint. Uh, you know, I mentioned before that, you know, I like to go to church and, and see a new per, or hear a new perspective learn new things, a history lesson. And so there's, there's ways of, of looking at that. Um, when you were talking about that, uh, it reminded me, I, I went to a church uh, one time and had been a member of that church. Uh, one time was uh, dating someone who went there. And anyway, so I went uh, with her and <clears throat> went to Sunday school before church and this guy was, he was actually the mayor of the town, very little town, but um, got up and said, he listed like 
like his seven deadly sins. Hmm. And he, he had some scripture. I don't remember the scriptures. This was a long time ago. Um, but he had some scriptures that he backed it up with, but basically, and, and he said, after each one of these, you're, if you do these, you're going to hell. If you speed, drive too fast. Oh boy. Not do a drug. <laughs> if you drive too fast, if you smoke, if you're overweight, if, oh, I lost them. I, I had several of them, but it was these things that are, you know, that to me are not biblical. I know body's a temple type thing, but yeah, if you're overweight, if you drive too fast, oh, if you cuss. Oh yeah. You right. cuss, if you smoke. If you kiss girls that do. If you drink. <laughs> right. I mean, any any of these things, these were hit in his eyes like abominations of God. And he said, after each one, if you do these, you're going to hell. Wow. I mean, that's those, those are the types of things, right? And Bible didn't even have to say it. He just said what he wanted to say. Um, and so he right. believes it and that settles it. You know, that reminds me when we first started um, doing our church plant, of course, we didn't really have a big group and had a, a fellow that I met in community. And he's like, hey, let's let's join a softball league. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, OK, let's do that. And so I thought it was going to be, you know, um, you know, a, a normal one, a, you know, men's league or something like that. He's like, no, let's do a church league. Well, this guy didn't have a very you know, churchy background. So um, I'm like, well, I don't have a church league. I don't have enough people to even do that. But I have a friend who maybe we can get on their church's team. So I reached out to them. We were invited to come along. So here shows up these two guys that my friend who was not there just said, hey, I got a couple guys. They want to come play softball with you. So we (laughs) tried out. I guess we did well enough. They said, "Okay, you can um, you guys can play, but you you got to remember this is a church league. So there's no smoking, no drinking, no cursing. And uh, I I was like, this is the, you know, epitome, right? This, this is the end all be all of everything Christian. And we'll be okay if we don't smoke, curse, drink. So I said to the guy, I was like, oh yeah, no, that's fair. I said, well, what about sissy cussing? He's like, what, what, what? And that's my word. That's not, I've copyrighted that. It's not biblical either. It's not, you know, but I'm like, what about sissy cussing? Well, what is that? You know, like gosh, darn or dang it or rats or, you know, dag nab rabbit fratchers. And he's like, no, that's, that's okay. You can do that. (laughs) So I was like, all right. Hey, well, welcome to church softball league to my friend who had no church background, but this is it. You know, don't smoke, don't drink, don't curse. And Hey, and you know, if you've ever, I've played church softball for well over 20 years. If you want to see uh, how not to act, that is go and watch any number of church league, so-called church league softball games. Yeah. And uh, they'll press your saying, Christianity. I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect, but uh, wow. I mean, you'll see, you'll learn some things. You will. You know? Well, and so that's it. And so you get some folks who, again, like this fellow who's saying, you know, speed, you go to hell, you do this, you go to hell and they are introducing things. And that's kind of like the next one. That's really this Christian cliche is, it just drives me nuts. God helps those who helps themselves. And so let me be clear. This is not even in the Bible. It is not scriptural. Um, I think the quote comes from Ben Franklin. And I think there's actually even um, other uh, um, writings, Aesop's fables, I believe, or uh, is it Aesop's fables? No. Is it tells a story where there was like a guy going through something. And so I think it was Hercules and, and in that it's not worded exactly the same, but the same meaning is there. It was basically Hercules helped me. And he's like, Hey, get up, do some work and help yourself. That's the gist of it. But it's interesting that in that, um, a Barna research, did a poll on this several years back and 53% of Americans strongly agreed that that could be found in the Bible. Um, 22 yeah. agreed somewhat, you know, that went down, but overall of born again, Christians, 68 agreed <laughs> that that was in the Bible and 81% of non 
you know, believing born again, as they had it in quotes, Christians agreed with the statement, um, despite that it was not of biblical origin. Um, so this is interesting. Um, people treat this like it is scripture. People, the, the dangerous part is because it sounds so good and we, we feel it is so good. We've almost introduced it like this guy. We make it scripture and it is not. We cannot add to God's word, nor should we. Um, you know, I've heard people say, you know, you speak where the Bible speaks and your silence, you know, where the Bible is silent. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but even that statement, that's, you know, adding, <laughs> speaking where God did not speak by yeah. even saying that type of statement. We should just be so cautious about the, the funny things that we can say. But this whole idea, God helps those who help themselves is a farce. Absolutely. For we are all sinners. We have all fallen short. We couldn't help ourselves. And so God, in his mercy, through Christ at the cross, went to the cross not because we were able to help it and ourselves, but because we couldn't, he stepped into the human story, um, revealed himself and showed us the father. The father showed us Christ. And then through his grace, not our own works, we are saved. Yeah. You know, we talked, I know we talked about this a little bit before, um, I'm, you know, I'm no Bible scholar. Um, I would probably, you know, before we doing research on this, I probably would have been one of the 53% who said, Oh yeah, this isn't <laughs> um, you know, it's, I mean, we're, we're not, we're not all perfect. We, I know we talked about this a little bit before uh, we started hit the record button, but it, yeah, I mean, it, it's okay to, to not be perfect, to struggle, um, to not have it all figured out. Um, I don't have it all figured out. Uh, I never will, but you know, to me, it's, it, it's okay. It, it's okay to, to need help to, um, to struggle. You know, I've, uh, I've worked with people. I've got family members who feel that, you know, you just gotta pick yourself up and, and you know, sometimes you just can't, you know, I mean, it's, it's okay to, to struggle with things. I, I feel that, um, you know, there's, there's things that we can't, you know, like kind of, you know, we talked about Job last time. Um, you know, he, he didn't have it figured out. He didn't understand why this was happening to him and he struggled. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, even when his friends, you know, and I think even his wife was saying, you kill yourself. I mean, I just, I just don't think there should be shame in needing help and not having it figured out. You know, um, I think when we say things like that, you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and um, your big boy pants on. Uh, to me, it's just condescending. Some people just can't, you know, and that's okay. And I think we've, everybody has been in a situation in their life when, you know, I just can't, I can't do that. Uh, I'm not saying, and, and, you know, we were talking about having the, the, the faith scripture and, um, or perceived scripture. Um, it's okay. You know, yeah, you can have all the faith in the world. You can be the strongest Christian in the world and things are still going to happen to you. Still, you're still going to get frustrated. You're still going to need help. Um, but you know, God and Jesus are there for us when, when we need it. And, I think the biggest thing that you can do to help is pray. And you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm struggling with this. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, um, you know, if, if you're something you're wanting, you're wanting in life, you're needing in life, you know, you know, pray. And if it's meant to be, then maybe that's a cliche. Um, <laughs> well, but seriously, I mean, it is, I mean, if right. it's, you know, if it's, I don't know God's will, for everything. And so like we were, one of the things we were talking about putting God in a box, I think that's where we're trying to figure God out and what his plans are for us. And I get it, but anyway. Yeah. I, th I think argument. this one also, it, it, it puts a separation of, of class, even amongst people 
what ends up happening is, you know, God helps those who help themselves. So then we see someone who's homeless on the street and it's like, look, if he would just come on, get up off yourself, get a job, wasn't come on, yeah. or you, you know, you gotta, you gotta show up to this. And so I've actually had this conversation with some folks and, you know, you want this person, okay, they're homeless they're on the street. You tell them to get a job. What do you typically do when you go get a job? You walk in for an interview. Well, should you perhaps not smell? Yeah. Should you have clean clothes on for that interview? Um, So let's just say then you get the job. Where are they going to send the check? Yeah. I mean, do they typically, you need an address, you need a phone number. We'll do a call back. I mean, there's so many different things we just completely overlook. And there's a, a lot of things that folks, if they're in this, wrong or down out position they just don't have immediate access to that so just telling someone to go get a job go help you know get you know god will help you but you just gotta you know do that um and and i'm sure those people had never thought of that that's such a helpful thing to say to someone who's completely struggling with their life yeah so just go get a job yeah yeah okay if i'd only known that i would have not become homeless (laughs) right And uh, Joey and I, we do reserve the right to throw in some sarcasm here because (laughs) it was pretty thick. It was thick. And again, I guess that leads sort of to the last, you know, bit of the the one that I have here. And if if you had something, you know, we go on uh, with the next one. But it is you mentioned it here. Don't put God in a box. And so this actually it's not necessarily one that is a um, more conservative Christianity. It's more progressive. You know, you've got uh, progressive Christian cliches, you know, I love mm-hmm. Jesus, but I hate the church or I don't like the church or whatever. You know, it's just different things like that. This is kind of one of those. And I've always wrestled with this because I've heard people say, don't put God in a box or we are out of the box church or we are out of whatever. And the thing that I think of is like, even if you say that I don't put God in a box, um, you know, the, or that we're out of the box type church. The idea is that you still described a box to explain that what you is, you were out of, right? which still gives relative to that. There's a box. You're still insinuating that there is that, that person <laughs> is putting them in a box. Right. And so again, it's one of those comes off quite arrogant and, um, you're just implying that your box is better than their box. Um, yeah. it's still in a box type conversation. Um, putting God in a box. It's, it's like one of those, you know, we're starting our worship and God, we just invite you into our worship. Hello. (laughs) You're going to invite God into your worship. I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah. And that's just kind of funny to me, but it's just, again, those things, they sound kind of good. We're just going to, you know, when, you know, is it Isaiah that says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne and, you know, his robe filled the temple and there was, you know, prayers of holy, 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 you know, um, the Lord is in his temple, right? We get to enter into his presence. But, um, again, let's just be real. We have a box. Okay. I have a box and it's a pretty, small box that's pretty tight you know and and that's where i'm at you know and god still is working with me he works with you and kind of where you are and um so we should be i think it's a should be careful because again it does come off as uh pretty arrogant i think as christians we're not supposed to be arrogant i think so which goes back to the church softball teams (laughs) yeah (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think that we're we may all be guilty. I know I've been guilty of this of of maybe trying to put God in a box, or but again, I think it's when you say something like that, you're you're yeah you're insinuating that the other person does, and I think it kind of leads to the your faith isn't strong enough because you put God in a box, you know, type thing. Um, it's just, you know, for me, it's just one of the things that I look forward to. Um, we just don't have it all figured out. There's so many things I think, you know, if you had a pie chart of the things that we think we know and the things that we actually don't know, 
Right. I think it would be amazing. I know that, I mean, I don't know much, but it's just, um, it's something that's, that's interesting to me that um, when we talk about putting like God in a box, I mean, we just, we have no idea. There's, there's, you know, so many things that we just don't know. Um, I think it's important obviously to read the Bible and to get, use it as, as perspective and use it as God's word. But uh, we don't know everything and we can't, or we shouldn't be uh, treating other people like that. They even know less than we do. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, it's kind of like that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. They, they've <laughs> got the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in a box and they put the government number on it. And, but then they roll it in. You can see the guy going into the, uh, big warehouse but you don't realize how large it is and then all of a sudden it's like lost somewhere in the middle of this gigantic warehouse and i feel that's sometimes my story in my journey of faith it's like i go oh wow look at this and i'm going through this what i think is a gigantic room and somehow uh i realize i found the door out and i'm like i did it i've discovered the other side and I opened that door and it's as big a warehouse as the last one I just went through. You know, it's just, we always think, Oh, we've conquered it. And I just don't think that's how that works. I think it's, uh, it's vast. And my perceptions of certain things are definitely not God's perceptions of them. Yet he still invites us to journey through that. That I do think is exciting. Uh, so I guess it's, you know, we're, maybe we are in God's box. <laughs> we, yeah. we are in something yeah. and, and maybe we should be more honest to say, yeah, uh, God's got me right here. And I, I do have these maybe four walls around me or I'm living in this spot here and I'm, I'm looking and searching and, and exploring, but I think there's more. And obviously there, I believe there absolutely is. So, um, well, those are the, uh, um, thoughts that I have as far as Christian cliches. Um, I had one more and I wrestle with it because I, (laughs) it wasn't on the list and we don't have to talk about it now, but I know I'm guilty of having said it and I'm just wrestling with it right now because as I'm going through these Christian cliches and things that we say in well-meant intentions and such, there's something that I've said and I'm just backing off on it now. I'm wondering if it is destructive. And that is this. I've told this to people before. You might be the only Jesus that somebody ever meets. Mm -hmm. And okay. I confess that is a Christian cliche. And having gone through these and kind of reading through this, I realize, man, that is not an accurate statement. I think it's well meant and intended, but I'm not the Jesus that people need to see. What I can be is the light reflecting of what I think Jesus is shining. I think I could be a city on a hill that can't be hidden, that people could see, you know, and and come into near into that presence or something. But to say that I might be the only Jesus that anybody ever meets or that whatever it is, like all of that is burdened and placed upon me. I just recently in going through these things, I have to think that I want to stop saying that because I'm not certain it's as faithful um, of the gospel story it needs to be. So that's that's on me right now. I don't know what your thoughts are on that or if you've ever said it or heard it. But um, oh, I've definitely heard it. I've never I don't think I've ever said it. But, you know, again, that's a lot of pressure that you're putting on someone when you say that um, I get I get the point of it. I think I get the point of it of, you know, you should be, you should treat other people, you know, the way you want to be treated and uh, show grace and mercy. And um, I get it, but it is a lot of pressure. You know, we can't be Jesus. It's um, I don't know. It's it's a lot of pressure to put on someone, you know, I uh, talked about, you know, at the funeral lady said, you know, you had to be strong for your mom. Yeah. Thanks. You know, yeah. um, I, I think that's, I get it. I mean, you know, I, I get that, you know, saying that phrase of uh, you may be the only Jesus that someone meets. Um, 
yeah, but you're just putting a lot of pressure on somebody to go out and, um, and we can't be totally like Jesus. We can be a reflection of him, like you said, but. Yeah, I, I, I think if I were to say that to myself, I would say, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just coming back with it, it, it bringing out the, the reality well intended. And so again, if you're hearing this podcast, you go, oh, I said that. And those guys are just, you know, armchair beating me up stuff. Look, I've said it too. And I want to be open to stop saying, you know, bad stuff. Oh, Miriam was calling me just now. Miriam, you have to wait until the podcast is over. <laughs> maybe she wanted to be. She's like, maybe, maybe I'll be on the podcast. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, I need to pull back from that and I need to say, okay, let's, let's be cautious. You know, words are really important. We're here to encourage one another. We're not here to beat each other down, but that statement, man, I got to tell you, it's just really convicting me. So I want to confess I've blown it. I've said this. I'm like, I'm like anybody else who said any of these other things. And I'm trying to think I probably have said them too at one point in my life. (laughs) But the idea is that we can you know, overcome and do better in our story, in our relationship with Jesus. That's, this is the ground beneath grace. This is the whole idea is that, man, we are desperately in need of this. And, and we want to reflect the goodness of his grace. Um, we want to live it out. We want people to go, man, look, I knew it, Joey. I knew you were different. <laughs> you know, I could tell, right. Cause they're observing that. And, um, and as opposed to, you know, Joe, you might be the only Jesus somebody ever meets. And then um, that pressure that's on you. But you know what? I'm not very good Jesus sometimes. And so if somebody were then to, to discover that I was a Christian, they're like, really? I didn't know that that guy was a Christian. That guy's a jerk. And then, right. what, then what do I do with that? Because uh, this guy has been a jerk. Yeah, wait till you see me play softball. Really <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Everybody here playing softball, you might be the only Jesus playing softball today. So just, uh, it's silly. So well-intended, but we get mixed up. And again, the this uh, podcast, thanks, Joey, for this. It's uh, something we need to pay attention to. I'm paying attention to it. This has been very helpful, and I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Yep. All right, everybody, uh, we hope you have a fantastic week. If you have a Christian cliche or something on your mind and you want to just send us a note, you can do that. Thank you, Miriam, for telling us we should revisit or speak about the God will not give us any more than we can handle conversation. I think uh, we we pulled that apart. You can let us know your thoughts on that. A little shout out. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Rebecca, for listening. She's been doing that. All right. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.